This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Here we go. It's hour three. G-Bag Nation on 105.3 The Fan. I hope you're having a fantastic day. It is a special day here on 105.3 The Fan as we are celebrating the 60th birthday of our beloved Brian Broaddus, the former NFL scout, started his radio crow, uh, radio career across the street, 103.3 ESPN for years. RIP. And then he moved to DallasCowboys.com <laughs> for years, about eight years there, right? Yeah. And ten, something yeah. like that. And along the way, he met our, our next guest who turned Brian Broaddus' reckless scribbling into uh, literary gold. Can I also One say year something? Can I say something, though? Yeah. Today is the 32nd anniversary of me starting in the National Football League. Oh, that's oh, killer. Yeah, wow. it started on my uh, 27th birthday. Well, so congratulations, was, yeah, sir. 33rd. That's the 33rd, day. 33rd, right? Yeah. The 33rd. I do the wrong math wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it was December 12th, 1991. Look at that. The day you officially uh, gave up recreational drugs as well. Yes. Had to. That and drinking. Yes. Yeah, I had to. For a uh, little bit until I got to the parade. Until so I, started, parade. I started work with you guys. I'll be the non-drinker here, guys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, we we appreciate uh, all yeah. the, the well wishes you've been sending on the text, the yeah, social thank media. You. Thank you, everybody. And the, the gifts flooding in here to 4131 North Central Expressway as uh, your main man, David Hellman. How about this? Fellow LSU alum. He's got a birthday coming up, too. Go uh, Tigers. Two days, if you want to wish him a happy well, happy birthday. early birthday, Dave. Thanks, y'all. But no, happy, happy big six zero, my guy, Brian. Yeah. What's up, man? Not much, Davey. I miss you, buddy. I was gonna. I'm glad. I'm glad you corrected them because you're like, oh, that's when I gave up drinking, and I was like, not the Brian Broaddus I know. Like yeah. maybe not as, <laughs> maybe not as often as as other people. But yeah, you should see you me at this. Throw it down. You should see me at this parade, Dave. You'd have been proud. Mm. It was. Oh, I was. I was Bourbon buddy. Street Brian. Is what I was. I was. I was getting updates about the Rangers parade from people all over town that were like, your man, your man BB is cutting <laughs> loose. And I was like, you know what? If you can't cut loose during a championship parade, when can you? Dave, I needed the sweaty, that tiger hat you wear, you know, when you go out just when you go out there, just like for Mardi Gras for those five days, you just never take it off. That sweaty uh, hat you wear. That's what I needed at that uh, parade. That was that's a drinking I, hat right there. I would have, oh, man, I wish I could have celebrated that with y'all. I'm Thanks, sure it man. was a blast. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. Dave, everybody wants to know if this is different, if the, the Cowboys are going to get it done this year. Man, isn't, can't, can't we just enjoy football season? Like, isn't that? <laughs> of course not, Dave. <laughs> that's the fun of the, I, I, I get it. It's a valid question, but, like, it just feels like a joyless way to go through life when, like, nothing matters until you do that and yeah like it that is important at the end of the day that's why you do this that's why it's all worth so much money uh i don't know man i mean part of me part of me is like yes this is a this is a badass team i really i really think the cowboys if if they're not the second best team in the league they're they're top three i mean i really think 
they're right there with anybody. But how can you have complete confidence when when the team that's really running the league right now has beaten them up so thoroughly every time they've played over the last two years? So uh, unless they get crazy lucky and somebody takes care of San Francisco for them, I don't think you can definitively say that. And it, if I had to guess, if this team's going to be different, they're going to have to slay that dragon. Um so I, I can't say with complete certainty that this year is different if you're only going to be satisfied by getting to a Super Bowl. But like I said, I mean, this is fun, man. They're playing good football. They're doing it against good teams. The quarterback of the Cowboys is the MVP frontrunner, which for, his all, for all the stuff they won, Roger and Troy never did it. Tony Romo mm-hmm. never did it. Like the fact that Dak Prescott is in that conversation – It's just really, really fun. And, uh, you know, I know it'll be disappointing if they don't get over the hump, but that doesn't make this any less enjoyable what they're doing right now. No, I hear you, and I I am having fun, especially watching this new offense. But I I am nearly as crusty as Brian, and I'm getting pretty cynical. But I've kind of said it today, and I think I'm going to hold myself to it. If they do go win these next three, that will be very convincing, won't it? I, I I'll I'll even look and and that's I've been saying this ever like from the time they played the Giants the second time right after they lost to Philly and you were like it's going to be about December this is how they're going to prove it and it's it's fascinating how each week is a slightly different challenge right like first it was a so-so Seattle team then you get Philly the division leader now it's arguably the best quarterback in the NFL. Like I know the numbers don't reflect that with Josh Allen, but my God, is he playing good football? Um, And so what I was going to say is, yes, it would be so convincing if they were to win all three of these, but even, even this one game Mm -hmm. going on the road. uh, And it it sounds like the weather's not going to be too, too terrible for Buffalo in December, but going on the road in that environment and knocking off, Josh Allen, who I think damn near everybody would agree is one of the three best quarterbacks walking on earth right now. I mean, that that's the type of win the Cowboys haven't gotten. Brian, we've been, we've been doing this for 10 years together at this point. That that's never been the type of win that they've gotten where they go and knock off uh, a guy like that, who is at the, at the top of the league, you know, like a couple years ago, they went up to Arrowhead and played Mahomes and and they played them tough, but they couldn't get in the end zone. Dak threw that bad pick and right before halftime. Then that's typically how it's gone when they've played the the Mahomeses and the Allens of the world. So even just winning this game would say so much to me about the, uh, the caliber of team that they are. I love what you're saying, Dave, because preseason, I feel like you know myself, I, I pencil that in as an L. That just that seemed like a game going to Buffalo. Weather would be bad. Cowboys would win. That Dak hasn't played great in cold weather. And you know, Jerry talked earlier with Sean and RJ. He thought the McCarthy win over the Eagles was his signature win so far as the Cowboys head coach. Would this be Dak's signature win going to Buffalo and beating Josh Allen? I was thinking about that this morning, and I felt silly, but yeah, I think. Um... I think this would be the best win of Dak's career. And like a couple people, mm. I said it on, I, I, a couple people pushed back on Green me on Bay Twitter. Green Bay 16, Pittsburgh 16. A couple people brought that up, but I'm going to tell you right now what I think the difference is, is that was a loaded team. Like, I mean, sure, Dak was pulling the strings. It was, it's very similar, and, and Brock Purdy's playing at a higher level than Dak was. Don't get me wrong, but it's very similar, in my opinion, to what we're talking about with Brock Purdy. Uh you know, you know, how much credit does he deserve? How much credit does he get 
for what he's done. I don't think you. I don't think there's a debate right now. Like Dak is what the Dallas Cowboys do best. Dak is the engine of all of this. So yeah, like he had some nice wins as a rookie, but they were very team wins, hmm. very loaded rosters. And and not to say that this roster isn't good either, but you get my point. Like it's yeah. all running through the quarterback right now. And so yeah, a couple of those games in 2016 come to mind. And he's had some huge wins in the division. But we know he owns the NFC East. He's been great against the NFC East his entire career. So this would be this would be way outside his comfort zone. An uncommon opponent, an MVP caliber quarterback on the other side of the ball. I do think I do think if, if it's not the best win of his career, it would be on the very very short list in my opinion. It's David Hillman with you here on 105.3 The Fan. Okay, um, what do you make of you know the, the the defense? Everything coming along here now as this as it comes down the stretch uh, without Hankins though, how much can that impact their ability to stop the run? Yeah, I mean that's that's going to be the challenge. I keep hearing it, it, it's funny how the like the reports that came out on Sunday night mirrored Stephen Jones's answer on the radio with y'all like exactly. I was like, oh gee, I wonder where those reports are coming from. If Stephen's saying the same stuff, so hopefully he's back in time for the playoffs. Um, specifically, yeah, I mean, I think the the Bills have gotten their ground game. They've gotten their running backs involved a lot over the last, I don't know, month of the season or so. I think James Cook as a runner, but also what they do, getting him out on the perimeter, I think that's going to be a huge challenge for them. I was encouraged, though. I mean, it it was easy to be concerned about how dominant the Seahawks were offensively in that Thursday nighter. And uh, I know the Eagles are are searching for some answers right now, but holding that offense without a touchdown, that was the first time they hadn't scored a touchdown since I think I read it was the 2019 playoffs. So, I mean, you're talking, you're talking four years in between shutouts, offensive shutouts anyway. So all of that considered, and then the, the, the biggest ace in the hole, in my opinion, is you've got a quarterback that can go down the field and give you a lead and every defense is going to be better with a lead, particularly one with a pass rush like this. So yeah, I, if I had to guess, they'll miss Hankins, but uh, as long as their offense is humming, I think they're designed to take advantage of that. It's David Hellman here with you. Uh, a terrific football mind. Gives you great answers, even if you give him a crap question. Now, <laughs> the best, man. Uh, uh, let, let me ask you this, though, uh, Dave. From your perspective, Detroit getting healthy, how's that matchup? If, if you were going to plot out a path to the Super Bowl, right? you got to beat the 49ers. Let's take that out, right? Because that's what everybody wants to talk about with the playoffs. How do you like the path through in the division around? And then AFC matchups, which one of those teams would be the best that we'd want to see there in Vegas? Oh, God. So you start the interview by being like, is this year any different? Why should I believe? And now it's like, all right, let's talk about this Super Bowl matchup. Yeah. Man, that's a, that's a good question. I mean, barring a miracle, I, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and assume that the Cowboys probably wind up as the five seed. Okay. It's not completely out of the realm of possibility that that changes, but for the purposes of the question, that would be my guess. So I think uh, if there was a team that you could want, I mean, really, I think any of the teams in the NFC South are a pretty favorable matchup for Dallas. And then where you go from there? I mean, obviously, maybe it sounds weird to say about a team with 10 wins, but clearly the Cowboys match up well with what Philly does. Like yeah. that's been that's been obvious for a couple of years at this point. Even last year when they didn't have Dak in the first game, they gave Philly a game for three or so quarters. 
So, I mean, playing Philly again, I'm not saying it would be easy. I think for a divisional round matchup, a common opponent that you've proven you can have a lot of success against, yeah, I'll take Philly. Uh, as opposed to playing San Francisco again, I'm absolutely okay with that. And then, like I said, I assume you're going to have to find a way to slay the beast in the NFC title game. As far as Super Bowl opponents, man, it feels blasphemous to even talk about that. But of the AFC contenders, oh, man, I think – I think the Cowboys could beat the Miami Dolphins. Maybe that sounds crazy, but um, yeah, I think they. How about match the up Ravens? The, how about the Ravens? I, I, the, the team. The Ravens the remind the, me of Forty Nine ers kind of. Right? Yeah. You don't want to see Lamar. Yeah. The teams in the AFC that would scare me the most as a Cowboys fan are the Bills and the Ravens. Yeah. And I know maybe that sounds weird because the Bills aren't even in the playoffs right now, but that I mean, I can't wait to see this game against Buffalo on Sunday to see how they match up. The Bills and the Ravens, I think, would be tough. You're never going to feel good going against Patrick Mahomes, but but Kansas City's flaws are pretty obvious at this point. Um, really, I I think I like the Cowboys' chances. Not saying they would win, but I like their chances against anybody not named Buffalo or Baltimore. I can't believe we're I cannot believe we're projecting a Come Super Bowl on. matchup <laughs> five Thank weeks you. out. Hey Dave, I, I was going to ask you something. Give us your best guess, or maybe you know what what was said in that meeting during the bye week that got this offense going in a different direction? If you had to just project, or maybe you know, maybe you talked to somebody that said, hey, this is what was said and this is what Mike did. I give him credit for listening to somebody. I'll, I, I'll, be, I'll be honest. I don't know, but I hope that somebody, whether Mike came to that conclusion on his own or whether – Maybe maybe the Joneses had something to do with it, given the amount of money that they're paying the guy. Mm-hmm. Or maybe Dak Prescott himself was like, what the F are we doing? Yeah. Why are we taking the ball out of my hands? Why, when I'm capable of doing this, are we not running the show through me? And, like, you know, Dak is so diplomatic with us in the media, but, like, it's not hard for me to imagine Dak Prescott behind closed doors having some real uh, some real S in his neck and having yep. something to say mm-hmm. about how conservative and uh, and not quarterback-oriented the offense was over the first five weeks. So, like I said, I, I can't assign credit, but that would be my guess, is that there was some real come-to-Jesus talks along the lines of, like, uh, the quarterback is what gives us the best chance to pull this off. This ain't cutting it. This this three yards and a cloud of dust stuff is for the birds. We need to open things up a little bit more. And I would guess it's probably a little bit of everybody. Like, as usual, there's there's usually a few sides to the story. And I don't know, maybe uh, maybe if this season goes somewhere really special, we'll, uh, we'll hear some more about that, which would be – that would be really, really fun to hear about. Maybe, like, in Indianapolis over a, a stiff drink or two. Yeah. Yes, that would be a blast. I mean, we could talk Cowboys with you all day, but it is, of course, our guy Brian Broaddus' birthday, Dave. For someone that got to work with him and has spent so much time with him as you have, uh, I, I would love for you to share some of your favorite Brian Broaddus moments with us. Oh, God. I mean, I could go, I could go roast all day. Him. Ro- roast him is what we really no, want. Ab- no, I'm not going to roast Brian Broaddus. I – I mean, you're asking for funny stories, but man, I just, I owe so much to Broadus for teaching me about like the business of the NFL, the way it works, just the nuts and bolts. 
you guys know this as well as I do, like just the, the best teammate you could ask for in terms of like not only showing you the ropes, yeah. uh, but helping you to look good while you figure out what the hell you're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I can't say enough about that. Jesus. I mean, Dave, tell them the story about when you and I used to pick against the team and get on the plane together. Oh, oh I mean, that's, and then like, in like, in like the, the, the looks that we got walking through first class. How and awkward then, was that? And then on the way home after they got beat, then you and I would make that same walk going through <laughs> crotch first. That's, right. That's a, that's the thing with Brian is like, there's no one story because it was just a lived experience for like a decade where, yeah, like on Friday, this game's a great example where like, you know, Friday, Friday, we're sitting around, it's the bills. We're going to, uh, we're going up to Buffalo. The bills are a great team. Like this is the type of game that the Cowboys often find a way to lose. And like on a Friday afternoon, Brian would look at me and and say something along the lines of like, screw it, I'm doing it. And I'd be like, you're doing what? He's like, you know, you know what I'm doing. And sure enough, he like, he makes the pick that Dallas is going to lose the game. And I'm like, oh God, you know what you're signing us up for, right? And yeah, for the, (laughs) for the rest of the weekend, we're getting looked at sideways and told how mean we are. Yeah. That we're, you know, not, we're not we team have, players, and yeah. wait, actually, no. This is a great. Okay, this reminded. This is a great Brian Broadus story. Uh, tell me if I don't have time, but I don't. No, care. you got uh, time. You got the floor. It actually fits because we're the Cowboys are going up to Buffalo. It's the first time. Last time I went on a road trip with you, yeah. Oh my God, yeah. 2015 worst season ever. Obviously, Romo gets hurt. Uh, you know, Dak's not there. Zeke's not there. Like, none of those guys are there yet. And it's just a nightmare of a season. Everything goes wrong. And I'm telling you right now, like, it's an amazing job. It's a fun job. It sucks when the team is bad. It yeah. sucks so bad. Like, everybody's unhappy. Everybody is negative. Anything you say, you know, you make the fans mad. You make the team mad. You make the coaches mad. There's just it, it is a miserable place to be when the team you work for is like multiple games under 500. So anyway, it's like December. The season is such a joke. Like Kellen Moore's gonna get he's gonna get the start. Like that's where we're at. Is Kellen Moore? They're like screw it. Let's see what this guy's got. And we go up to Buffalo. Miserable game. <clears throat> you know, rainy game. I think Bryce Butler dropped like a slant that would have gone for a touchdown. They don't score a touchdown in the game. So as if all of this wasn't bad enough, we get on the plane, we get back to Texas, and all of a sudden Mickey Spagnola just notices that we've been circling. He's like, we've circled Dallas like four times. Like we, are, we, we should be on the ground by now. And Brian doesn't like flying. So at that point, like Brian is very upset and very concerned, and everybody's freaking out because like, A, what's going on with the plane – B, like, my fan, like, we don't have service. Like, my family doesn't know why I'm late. My family probably thinks something went wrong. And Brian, meanwhile, is, like, in the back of the plane hatching a plot to, like, he, uh, oh, and they, so they, they divert us to Houston. Yeah. They divert us to Houston because I think we needed gas or, like, we needed a different part or something. I don't know. But Brian's in the back. He's like, I swear to God, right now. If they open the door to this plane, I am getting off and I'll drive. I will drive back. I'm driving back to Dallas tonight. I don't give a damn. Like if they open this, and he must have said that like 95 times. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm like Brian. I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna open the door, dude. I think they're just gonna gas us up and like get us back in the air. He's like, I don't care. I'll talk to somebody. I'll talk to anybody. And like, 
apparently half of our staff hates flying. Yeah. Uh, so like, so we've got like six people that are willing to go with him. They're like, yeah, yeah, Brian, <laughs> like lead the charge. Let's get the door open, man. And Brian's like, yeah, we'll get like a, you know, we'll get like a Ford Explorer and let's just get like, you know, I don't care if I don't get, I don't care if we get home after sunup, like I'm is. not getting back on this damn plane. <laughs> and, uh, so sure. But of course, none of that happened. They gassed the plane back up yeah. and we flew back to Dallas. And I mean, it was a noon game. So like we, we should have been home by like eight or nine o'clock at night. It was way late. And oh no, we got home at like 2 a.m. And yeah. Brian, the next, the next day, Brian walked into the office and told everybody he was like, I'm done. I'm not getting <laughs> back on a plane. And he was it. never, I never, never traveled for a game ever never since. Did. Never went again. Wow. Yeah. I didn't want to put you on the spot, Dave, but you sound like you were warming up there for an epic broadest impression, one of the funniest things I've ever heard. <laughs> do it, Dave. You could do it. Uh, I mean, God, it's, it's if they so open hard to sta- the if, they, if they open this damn door, I'm, hit, I'm jumping <laughs> down. Open, the- if, if they open this, no. <laughs> my favorite thing, Brian, you know, Brian called me the other day. You guys will appreciate this. I don't know if it comes over the radio, but, you know, I'll, I'll catch up with Brian about, like, life and the Cowboys. And then when it comes time to get off, he's like, all right, man, you know, just just keep doing what you're doing. Yep. Really, really proud of you, man. All right, all right, okay, I got to go now, but take care. Bye-bye now. Okay, see you later. All right, now, now goodbye. <laughs> and, and the man yes, about six times. And I'm, meanwhile, just like, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm trying to say bye myself, yep. and I just, I can't get a word. <laughs> he just hangs up. Freaking nailed it. Hey, congrats day. on all hey, your success. He Thanks, skips Dave. the hellos on the phone, yeah, but he really drags he out the byes. <laughs> Thanks, David. Love you, man. Hey, happy birthday, brother. I love you. I hope y'all have a good one. Thank you. You the best, Dave. There he goes, David Hellman with you. We got to run. Top 10's next. Zach, where are we going? Uh, After yesterday's prime rib discussion, I found the top 10 most popular cuts of steak. Ooh. At fine dining restaurants. That's mm. next. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this. Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet uses during times of congestion. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Yeah, buddy. Welcome back. It is the G-Back Nation. Let's get to it. Zach Wolchuk's top 10 at 420. Segments brought to you by the Frankels. Life's unpredictable. Accidents happen. Frankel and Frankel, the go-to attorneys for car and truck wrecks and DFW. If you or a loved one's been in an accident, contact Frankel and Frankel for a free consultation. 214 or 817 Go to truckwreck.com. And here he is, Zach with an H, the Wooly Bully. Thank you very much. Yesterday we had the uh, prime rib conversation. Like it's prime rib of steak. So went down the rabbit hole, found a list of the top 10 most popular cuts of steak ranked. When you go uh, and you decide, man, I want to get myself a nice steak, whether you're going to buy it and cook it for yourself at home or you go to a steakhouse, what usually is the cut of steak that you're going for? The New York. The New York Strip? I like the New York Strip. Yeah, I mean, the Strip's fantastic. I'm not really hating on any of them, but I, 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 I prime rib. Or, I mean, excuse me, ribeye. Ribeye? Yeah. Ribeye, absolutely. I delicious. was going back and forth in my head. Ribeye's delicious. Yeah, it's got you, flavor. Yeah. You can't ribeye lose. Ribeye's amazing. Yeah. I like lose. that. Uh, ribeye and T-bone. Dude, yeah. T-bones, I grew I like that. That was my dad's go-to. I like Same. that fattiness on there, yeah. man. Yes. We'd be growing up on the T-bones at home, man. Yeah, anytime we had steaks at home, it would have been a, a T-bones. T-bones. 
I'm a fan of the porterhouse because okay. you get a little the bit best, of everything. The best of both worlds there. I, I, I'm really more of a the bone in guy. Pause uh, for that, <laughs> uh, you know, because I think there's so much flavor in that. I think Lucius is right because of that. The fattiness that you get, the marbling you get in those. I, I think that's the most important thing. If you're looking for a good steak, make sure that thing's got some good marbling in it. That gives you all the flavor, right? Yes, there. dude. And that, and that that like inch or two of meat that is off the bone is is yeah. the single. Well, how about you at the, at the game the other night? Right there. You just with the with the big dinosaur You're waving with the, tomahawk. the tomahawk. That's true. You yeah, had the tomahawk bone going at it, man. It was it was wonderful. Yeah, yeah. same with like a pork chop. Like the the yeah. portion yeah. of the pork chop that's off that bone is just freaking amazing, dude. Absolutely. So the two honorable mentions: the tri tip. Ooh. Which we used to have, uh, there was that tri-tip restaurant right by the Star. Tri-tip yeah. Grill. Yeah, tri-tip Grill. Yeah. And it closed down, but it was delicious. We went, when we were doing Friday Night Stars, that high school football show, we used to go there before it, the show. It's amazing how much Texas loves beef and they have not fallen for the tri-tip. You know, it's yeah. a very popular cut in California. Maybe yeah. it's just the California thing. It's good. But I mean, if you love brisket, you you can do a tri-tip in like 45 minutes and it's a lot of the same flavor. Keep preaching, and brother. You know exactly yeah. Dude, what you're talking we were, about. We hammered it every day in Oxnard. That was yeah. the, that yeah. was the yeah. meat of choice for all the, the, oh, the cowboy people yeah, and the, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. the hotel so good the hotel, so yeah. amazing and yeah. then they had that like creamy horseradish yeah. with it yep. oh my gosh dude i'm a i'm i'm a big tri-tip, tri-tip guy good. thank you oxnard uh and then the t-bone is the is yep. number 11 Ooh, just comes out on the gosh. outside looking in mm. i know i'm a big t-bone mm. fan uh number 10 most popular cuts of meat is the skirt steak that's only one of those. Yeah, it's fantastic for fajitas, I believe. Mm-hmm. High fat content, yeah. and that's probably like, yeah. And, and they write that you've if you've ever had Mexican fajitas, you've probably had the skirt steak. There's only one of those in the cow, I believe. That comes from the throat. Mm. The skirt steak does. Really? So, yeah, I did not know that. Yeah. Number nine is the flat iron, and flat irons are available in rectangular shapes, familiar to flank steaks, but their thickness is uniform, Boo. makes for a better even cook. And uh, it's suited for like backyard grills. So I think a lot of people that are yeah. grilling at home, that's mm. what they'll buy. Yeah, it's a cheaper steak, you know. It's uh, but it's it's just tough. It's, it is it's tough. Not I'm too, not a big not tender. I'm yeah. not a fan. Number eight, and I don't know if I've had this cut, is the Denver steak. Mm-hmm. Huh. Apparently, it's very similar to the flat iron. Yes, uh, the the Denver cut, from what I understand, is. Um, let's see here. I was just reading about it. There's two I've never had. There's one called a baseball steak too. Denver and baseball, I, I've, never, I've never had either one of them, so I can't so even comment. It's, it's cut out of the eye of the chuck, yeah. which runs along the front shoulder, but it's mm-hmm. typically, uh, the Denver is located in the center. So it's it's marbled like a strip without all the excess fat yeah. and the high price tag. More fat marbling, hey. despite not having I think I want a Denver steak. Yeah. Denver steak sounds really good. Okay. It's kind of a, like a loophole there. Yeah. Number seven is the New York Strip. Good call. At seven, huh? At seven. I thought it'd be. I thought it'd be easy. Top five, maybe top three. Yeah, because I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Wow. What are I we don't doing? Know what are going to come up with here? Number six is the top sirloin. Comes in at six. <laughs> better yeah. than better than the strip. Just more popular. Maybe more popular. Oh, okay. More volume. Maybe, okay. You, I mean, you, I, maybe it's the price of these, uh, so it's selling more. Number five, and I don't know that I've heard of this. The bavette. How do you spell that? B a v e t t e. Apparently. The bavette out of a portion and of the flank out. steak are commonly go. mistaken yeah. for one another. Yeah, but kind of looks like a tri-tip. Too. Yeah, the bavette steak can most likely be found at a butcher shop, just as long as they haven't already reserved it for themselves. I guess yeah. it's very oh. popular. A lot of the butchers will just take it. Uh, it's very flavorful, uh, with good texture, and it can be quite pricey. Hmm. 
Number four is the hanger steak. Hanger? The hanger. Uh, local grocer. A lot. Of, uh, this is probably one as well. People are buying and they're cooking it for themselves at home. Yep. Number three is filet mignon. And that's usually my, like, if I'm going to a steakhouse, if it's not one that I know, you know, hey, yep. I'm confident I'll get the ribeye, but I feel like you can never go wrong with the filet mignon. The only problem with the, the filet mignon is it's usually, like, the smaller, small. smaller yeah. portion. Six eight ounces. That's where the baseball cut comes yeah. in here. Yeah. That's where you get the, the thicker the, filets. The thicker, yeah. The thing, do you do it with the, the, the bacon? Wrap I'll definitely do it with the bacon. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I'm not flavor. rocking the, the kosher stuff. You know, I'm not a very, oh, I, I, very good Jewish sorry individual. About that. Yeah. I'm definitely going to get the bacon. Bacon wrapped steak, bacon. dude. It's yeah. the best. It's fantastic. A buddy of mine once sold me, he owned a restaurant. He sold me cases of filet mignons because I loved his filet mignon. And he gave me a yeah. seasoning. He was like, you can make it by yourself at home. Yeah. I ate so many of these over like a two month period. I actually got sick of it for a little bit. Really? I wish yeah. we were neighbors back happen. then. It was yeah. I was I was like, dang. That's how you know you're you're living bougie. <laughs> we, we, we were like, if we were neighbors, I'd have given you crab legs as hey, a you trade off. Over here. Some yeah. No, I really don't. Let's combine on a little surf and turf. <laughs> yeah, man. There you go. yeah. Number two is the porterhouse. There you go. Which is delicious, higher price, but quality and size you get make both. up for it. You get both. Yeah. Is flavor. that rich, dense in flavor, lean and tender? Would we say that's similar to the T-bone? Yeah, it's a t- but you get like the uh, there's, it's two sides. It's like you get the sirloin on one side, and then I think the ribeye on the other. Yep, is oh. what it is. Yeah, so it's you're like get, the perfect you're, you're combination. Getting, so it's a, you're getting each. You're it's getting really a strip on the one side of the bone, yeah, and then the succulent tender filet. It's a great on one to other. share with somebody. If you well, I know you, Eric, you're not going to share that. But no, I mean, if you're sure. with somebody and you say for two, it's a porterhouse for two. You're getting a you're getting a pretty good. Okay, so the porterhouse differs from the T-bone. It's it's cut farther back. Farther back, yep. Uh, uh, which includes more tenderloin steak. There you go. Boom. There, it's quote the king of the steakhouse according to this article. Usually, when you go for so it's the best T-bone. Yeah, basically, it's the best T-bone on the cow. Usually, when you go for like we're going for a record man versus food kind of a thing. It's like the poorhouse. Oh, the poorhouse. Poor poor it's a big dog. Yeah, you're gonna uh, seventy-two ounces. It's the poor. You know that's what see you're that doing. Yeah. a seventy-two ounce like hammering home a seventy-two I ounce. I saw Andy Reid do that one night. Really, that's yeah. impressive. Talk Andy, about those meat sweaters. Andy, Andy just punished that thing. Had the potato and the salad with <laughs> the toast. Bring another one. Yeah, he Give said to yes me. to dessert that night. Oh, he Andy loves to eat. How yeah. long did it take him to hammer that home? Do you remember? Not long. Him and Mooch. Him and Steve Mariucci, we were all at the a prime really? quarter steakhouse in Green yeah. Bay. Andy's first night in town, he's on the wall. He's got his picture. He's wearing a chef hat. He does look like Chef Boyardee with the red mustache. Oh, and all yes, that. he Really does. young face, you know. But he's, yeah, if you ever go to the prime quarter there in Green Bay. So Mooch and, could eat too? No, Mooch was a, a wuss. Okay. No, he, he didn't. He, he doesn't seem like a big He idiot. looks like he was trying to keep up. But he's just not man he, enough. He can't. No. Him and Andy, not yeah, Andy enough. just yeah. Andy didn't talk the whole time. He just 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 kept just eating like a surgeon working on that meal. But yeah. number one most popular cut of steak is indeed the ribeye. The ribeye, rib rib yeah, it's terrific. Yeah. You know? it nothing is wrong delicious. with that steak at all. Okay, uh, nothing wrong with a proper afternoon rim session as well. We have quite a bit of news on uh, potential Mavs trades, and uh, we'll discuss those and everything going into tonight's contest here coming up in the nation all right nba trade chatter starting to heat up mavs and lakers tonight let's do this chief yes let's go ahead and cut the lights out we'll put the kids to bed the g-bag nation's going all 56 inches around that rim it's always a special occasion when Derek lively's on pace to break the record for the highest field goal percentage in a season in nba history not just for a rookie highest field goal percentage for any player ever how about that dawson man let's go uh lively's a big part of why i'm super bullish on this team i think we are in the final uh weeks months possibly as much as one year is the longest I'm going to put this on. But I think we're about to watch the Mavs be champions uh, or at least championship contenders again. It is definitely time 
to let that casino money go to work. And what I believe we're going to get is the best version of Mark Cuban here in this window of time where he's still basically running the team, but the Vegas money's kicking in. This deal's going to be closed before Christmas. Now, what you got from Mark Cuban when he first took over the team in the 2000s was a very aggressive owner. He made more trades than anybody for about, I don't know, the first decade or so. And a a, a lot of them were ill-fated, like bringing in Antoine Walker. That's just not going to happen now because of what analytics could have told you about Antoine Walker while you were busy trading for him. It was a stupid move. And Antoine Jameson wasn't that much better. But I think what you're going to what we got over the years is Mark Cuban pulled back from being aggressive with age comes, you know, more wisdom. But also it can take your cojones from you. Yeah. And I I think that happened as he became much more interested in the bottom line, um, but still mysteriously would like give money to players that he liked. But if he didn't like you, dude, he would not go into luxury tax territory for you. Um, and I, I think it it really started to have an impact on my faith that the Mavs would have that killer instinct that when you're close, go ahead, spend into luxury tax threshold. And now that you got this casino money in, I think you're going to get the best of both worlds because Mark Cuban is now experienced. You have Dennis Lindsay, Nico Harrison working well. We've seen this uh, Mavs front office execute a lot of good decisions um, since the end of last season. So I'm excited about where this is going, and I'm excited about the players that are becoming available. Wolchuk has uh, three teams every uh, three trades every team should make. Yes. I want to I want to start with what Shams had today for you. Um, Give it to us. Pascal Siakam being made available in Toronto, along with OG Ananobi. They're going to build around Scotty Barnes. But these are the kind of very versatile, very athletic perimeter defenders with size that also have perimeter offensive game as well. I think those two dudes are the secret ingredient to contending. And every team is going to put in offers for them. I don't know if you can... If, if you can get an, an offer done, but um, that's where I would start right now. You, you put those two guys or one of those two guys with Grant Williams, you'll go get a veteran center to be there with Lively. And now I'm taking Kleba and, and giving him like 12 to 15 minutes a night. Dwight Powell is completely out of the rotation. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, some young inexperienced guys can go do what they should, which is maybe learn in the G League, learn in practice, while like guys in their prime uh, who have figured out this game are, I believe, ready to take this team to championship level. Like their playmaking right now is next level. Like when you get Luka and Kyrie doing their thing and the the size element that Lively provides, they're, uh, we're, we're starting to see the early signs of a team that could dominate. They're just depending on too many inexperienced players right now, Zach. They are, and, and with Omax, a guy that they were forced to rely on last night being so shorthanded, I mean, you're seeing the bright spots from his game as well. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they've drafted well. I mean, to your point, I think O.J. Ananobe would be a dream scenario. Same here, and he dude. is listed, uh, like the Smoking Cuban have him as, as the dream target, 6'7" can score. I mean, the open looks he's going to get when you have Luka and Kyrie creating for him, but also as a wing defender. Mm -hmm. Now it's not just Derek Jones out there. Big athletic guys catching who can put on the floor and go to the hoop in this space. They would be undefendable. Dude, and and with the way that they're playing with such great pace and getting active in transition, he's one of the best transition players in the sport this year when it comes to just, you know, uh, field goal percentage in transition, the amount of points he's put up there. He's been... He's been like the best version of himself, I think, this year. I know, so, and that's why I wonder: do they Mavs have enough? Yeah, to, to acquire a well, guy like yeah. him. That's why he's probably listed as a dream target. 
I mean, how willing are you guys to move on from like Green and Hardy? I'm very willing. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we've seen Josh Green is not very consistent. You know, I think last year, looking back at it, hindsight, it might have been the time to, to move on from. It's very promising. Or in the off, yeah. well, off season, well, they re-upped him. I mean, they, they mean, did. They did. But even Hardy, I just don't know when this team's fully healthy. Doesn't seem like there's enough minutes for him. So yeah. I, I I would be very open to moving those guys. You know, that's what you had to do. You have to think like Denver, who were really good, and they're like, let's go get Aaron Gordon. And now when all their guys are healthy, the size and athleticism they can put out there is stupid, you know, and it just it creates so many mismatches. And on any given night, especially when you get into these playoff series, like sometimes they're going to have an answer for this dude or that dude. And you need about six dudes um, who, you know, if they led their own team, Mm -hmm. could be one of the better starters, you know, or potential all star type of year in a career year. Like guys like Andre Iguodala, who led the 76ers, end up as role players on championship teams. Yeah. You've heard of five guys, but how about six how about dudes? Six six dudes. Man, that sounds delicious. So of course, what else, Wolchuk? Clint Capella is oh, listed on this. What did I do? <laughs> well you walked right into that <laughs> one, man. You did a good job there, uh, unwillingly. But Clint Capella is certainly listed. A, reu- uh, a reunion, I should say, with Dorian Finney-Smith is listed as you no, talk about you. wing defenders. Yeah. But they, they say Alex Caruso from the Chicago Bills, mm-hmm. or Chicago Bulls, not mm-hmm. Bills. We're playing the Bills this week, so they're on top of the mind. But defense first player like Caruso, he's relentless relentless on the ball, 6'5", 186. You wouldn't think like that type of frame. He's as good of a defender as he is, but he certainly uh, would help out. But here's a name, and I wonder if you can help us with this one because it's uh, with the Portland Trailblazers. I know you've got an eye on them a little bit, Gavin. Jeremy Grant. Oh, jeez. Jeremy Holy Grant, cow. like an expensive contract, but he checks a lot of boxes that the Mavericks would like. When it comes to being a catch-and-shoot type of guy, can space the floor, he certainly would be a, a big-time help. Now, he signed, you know, he's at the start of a five-year, $106 million contract. 106 is all? 160. 160 million dollar contract. Okay. So, I mean, you look at, that's that that might be tough. I to put move. him in that category with Siakam, though, as as far as a guy with incredible size and skills. His length is just incredible. He's going to be good in uh, transition. He could be yeah. amazing. Yeah, as, he, as he's a, a fit. He's a guy that you can run offense through too. Yes, if, you know, if you got a bad matchup with your star players, he um, you know, he's a difference making kind of guy. So as you can see, and the the really cool thing is a perfect storm. Over the last five years, so many of the contenders have exhausted resources and thrown players, and they just don't have, you know, the picks that it's going to take to create a really robust bus market. That's why it took so long to get James Harden and Damian Lillard dealt. Like, it took forever. So, you know, you don't have time like that when the trade deadline is coming up. And if you you have uh, dry powder and you're willing to be bold and you don't fall in love with your young, talented players, sometimes you're going to accidentally give away one. But most of the time, they're just they're flashing and they're going to fizzle and they're not going to be nearly yeah. as good as the player that's uh, available in Grant, Ananobi, or Siakam. No, I don't I, I don't think Green no. or Hardy will ever get there. Not no, at all. and I, think I mean those this, are all two way legit players, right? Yeah. All star caliber dudes. And I feel as though the Mavericks have fallen into that trap where they've fallen in love with their yeah. own young talent, like a Green and a Hardy. Now's the time if an opportunity presents itself to acquire those type of players. You make the move. The last name that's listed with the Mavericks, Boyan Bogdanovich with the Pistons, which mm. they've clearly had interest in before. And he'd yeah. definitely be, uh, I think, lower on the list of options for me compared to some of those other names. Yeah, not quite as much firepower, older and injured more. But, I, I mean, that would be a nice upgrade as well. 
What do you have in mind next, Eric? The laziest take going right now when it comes to our Cowboys. If you've heard one, let me know. I think I'm going to go all in. You won't be able to beat the laziest take that I have in my back pocket. But 877-881-1053, a little Cowboys conversation next here in the nation. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles. And Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.